0: Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area, who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Waiwana Montgomery, An author, speaker, and empowering mentor with a passion for bringing bold, brave, and courageous messages to audiences of all kinds. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest today is Seattle native Waiwana Montgomery, who is an international speaker and two-time award-winning author and the personality behind Waiwana Speaks. She holds a BA in African and African-American studies from Duke University and an MA in organizational management from Ashford University. Fueled by her passion for mentoring, she founded Reach Forward in 2014, which is now Reach Forward Foundation, a nonprofit mentorship program for youth in grades 6 through 12. In October 2020, Reach Forward Foundation was recognized by the journal record as one of the five 2020 programs making a difference. Waiwana also created the No Fear Ladies Conference in 2014, which empowers and inspires women and teen girls from across Oklahoma and the United States. In 2016, she published her first book, Bold, Brave, and Courageous, a No Fear Success Guide for Teen Girls, which earned the 2018 Feathered Quill Bronze Award for Teen Nonfiction and 2018 IAN Outstanding Young Adult Nonfiction Award. Her book has been adopted by schools and girls programs across the country and overseas. In 2017, Waiwana received the Women of Color Expo's Impact Woman of the Year Award for her community work. Waiwana's career spanned from community relations for NBA and WNBA teams to galvanizing women to support her local Girl Scout organization. And currently she's serving as a director of K-12 implementation for an award-winning international educational technology company. She continues traveling the world using the Waiwana Speaks platform to share her message of no fear, and women's and youth empowerment. Waiwana is now at work on a second book, The Pain of Being Destined for More, and continues to grow the Reach Forward Foundation. She's also a wife of over 21 years, A mother and mentor to many. Waiwana, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, it's really good to have you on the show. So we got to know each other in uh, the recent past through the Oklahoma City. This was virtual this year, uh, Martin Luther King Day virtual parade. And I saw you on on the screen and heard your voice. And then I looked you up and I said, I just had to have you on the show. So it's really good to, to be with you today.
1: Thank you. And I remember seeing you on the screen as well, so this is an awesome connection.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, why wanna as you may know, we start each episode with a kickoff question, and you've chosen yours, so we'll start there and just see where the conversation takes us. Okay. All right. So, why wanna when did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing today?
1: Well, I'll tell you on the public speaking front, it it probably was apparent pretty early. I was that young child that you know, four years old could honestly receive a one or two page Easter speech, and practically have it memorized before I even left the sanctuary. Wow! That kind of thing. Uh, but where it really, you know, became noticeable was in eighth grade. I had the chance to be the MC. I was handpicked to be the MC of our school's Martin Luther King Assembly, and so I memorized and recited the "I Have a Dream" speech as well as writing. Two original speeches to go with the theme, and gave those. And I think just the reaction of my peers and all of the teachers, it, it let me know like this was a thing for me. I could do this thing called public speaking. Yeah, and and what age again was this? Eight years old? Did I catch that right? Um, eighth grade was the assembly. Okay, but the Easter speeches and all of those things from four years old on up, you know, right. giving those in church, I had the ability to stand in front of a crowd and just be comfortable, you know, and say what it is that they had given me to share.
0: Right. Well, that's powerful. So from that early age, from age four, you say, which is really a gift. So, you know, the many guests that I have on the show and this pursuit of purpose and meaning in life, it comes in all different forms and at different times in our life. And sometimes it shifts. But uh, looking back at the eighth grade you. And recognizing that you had a gift and a talent for public speaking and the, and the response you got it was impacting others. What did that carry you next. How did you take that that set of skills and gifts and put that to work uh, in your life and for the welfare of others.
1: Well, the first part of it is that teacher who hand-selected me became a mentor. Okay. still in my life, and now I can count her as a friend, even though it's funny not to call her Miss Rue. She's still trying <laughs> to teach me just to call her Christina, and it just still doesn't feel right. Yeah. Uh, but where that took me is just not being afraid to speak out, you know, speak out for causes, for social justice. Uh, when I was in high school, they would jokingly tell me that I had a way of of kind of telling someone off, but it was done in such an eloquent way that they were told the truth and corrected it, but they didn't even realize <laughs> that they had been told. Uh, they voted me most politically aware as a senior because, you know, we'd had an issue going on with you know the Confederate flag being worn versus you know the Malcolm XX. X, and people had different camps about that, and I just basically got on the platform, gave a history lesson, and folks were like, oh. Okay, now now we get it. So it really just empowered me to speak up for what I believed in, and felt and knew was right and to be that voice, but also do it respectfully because a lot of things that happen are simply because folks aren't educated and they don't know. And then where teen girls are concerned, noticing also as a young adult that they were really drawn to me and valued what I had to say and I experienced some adverse things in my teens, which made me want to be a part of that village and that support system that they need. Right.
0: That's so powerful. And um, where, this is one question I like to ask my guests as well. And when you're looking at this set of capacities that, you, that you've had all your life from age four on, uh, where do you feel like, where do you think that these gifts, these talents, these skills ultimately come from?
1: I have no shadow of a doubt that it comes from God. And Amen. I'm going to tell you why. Um, yeah, My very existence is a miracle. When I was born, my I was my mother's sixth out of eight pregnancies. And I'm an only child because she always went into preterm labor. And seven, no, yeah, most of them were miscarriages. There's one other child that lived for, I believe he lived for three hours, but that's it. And I'm the only child that she has. And I was stillborn when she was, I don't mean stillborn. I was born when she was only five months and 22 days pregnant, weighed one pound, 14 ounces and dropped down to one pound, six ounces and was only 12 inches long. So if you can overcome those odds in the seventies and have full physical health, full mental faculty, there's a reason for your life. And I don't have time to waste because I know that.
0: Yeah, and that means you just get down to it from that point forward, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I can relate to that on a different level from from when part of my story, I don't share often about myself with my with my guests, but I do like to give some context. I can relate to what you're sharing in my own life right there from recovery, from a viewpoint of recovery from alcoholism. I thought life was one way in my own experience, and it and I knew that I had purpose and meaning, but I disconnected from it very often. Uh, as a result of addiction and depression and anxiety, etc. But once I found sobriety, this was a gift from God. And I realized there was a purpose. There was a reason for my being from the start. I could look back through my past and think, no, it's been there. That thread has been there the whole time. Very redemptive and very empowering from that point forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, And that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you have recovered so that we have you in this space. That's so important.
0: That means a lot it means a ton to me okay so we left off with some some of the work you were speaking about um, with teen girls and and you being the sort of natural magnet and uh influencer to young ladies when did you begin that work and and uh what form did it did it start in in the beginning
1: i think i can say the work officially began in 2006 uh, this is prior to me relocating to oklahoma city and I was at home in Seattle. I worked for Seattle Girls School, which is an independent girls school. They don't do, they may have them now, but then charter schools were not a thing. Folks were completely against them, but it was an independent girls school and very unique in that it was founded by three women who worked at Microsoft in the early years when Microsoft didn't even have money to pay them, but they were paid in stock. And when it blew up, it blew up. So they were able to retire as millionaires in their 40s. And they wanted a place where even though they were white women and affluent, that their girls could be educated in a diverse setting where everyone doesn't look just like you. Everyone is not, you know, of wealth and things like that. And one of the things that they put into place to give girls a solid foundation, it was a fifth through eighth grade school. Every incoming girl received a mentor. And so i that's the first time I received an individual mentee. Uh, Jamila came in as a fifth grader. I w- uh, was assigned to her and we are still in contact. She just had her first child. She graduated from Meharry Medical School. Um, I believe, twenty, yeah, January, 2020, she is now a doctor. And her parents just still say, you have no idea. You know, even though we were together and she had what appeared to be the, the good life and all of that we're entrepreneurs, she still needed you. And so that that's where it really began is just starting right there and, and just carrying the work on even when I relocated to Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. And that's really incredible that you've, again, been able to stay in touch for all this time with somebody that, you know, you've impacted and I'm sure has impacted you as Absolutely. well. Absolutely similar to your teacher, mentor, and friend uh, that you described earlier. So that says a lot. Um, so in those, in those early days, you said you relocated. You're welcome uh, to go in any direction okay. in the conversation. You can go back to Seattle if you like. But in terms of I'm a dad, you know, and uh, my wife's a school teacher. She teaches middle school music at Mayfield uh, Middle School in Putnam City Schools, Oklahoma City. And we have two teenage daughters right now, you know, so one's getting ready to go off to college uh, this next semester, one just turned 16 at the time of this interview yesterday. So we have the teenagers in the room. And and part of one of the many things that uh, that drew me to want to talk with you was this uh, passion and interest for teen girls. And so I just wanted to dive in a little bit there and see what kind of work you've been able to do, what kind of work you continue to do. Uh, to, to mentor, support, and empower teen girls.
1: Okay. One thing, and I'll start a little bit with where the work comes from. You know, it's yeah. a natural magnet. And what makes me a natural magnet, I'm real. Yeah, you are. I'm not going to steer them astray, but I'm going to be real. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I let parents know, you know, there are things they may be more comfortable speaking with me about that they may not share with you. I want to provide that space of safety, but I will share if I feel like they're in danger or there's some type of harm that you need to be aware of, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that comes from the fact that, you know, I was raised in a single parent home. My mother and I we're very close and are close but she was kind of of that don't ask don't tell type of generation and if i didn't have other mentors in my life that i could speak to about things i don't know what would have happened to me because you know i'm a person of faith was a young person of faith but you're still subject to these various things mm-hmm. and something that was huge in my life is i was sexually molested for an entire year from mm-hmm. 11 to 12 you know by my mother's boyfriend and that is something that is so, I don't even, it's so devastating and you feel like it's your fault, you know, it brings all this shame. And I thought, what happens to young ladies where that happens to them and there's no outlet? And I know that one of two things happens. Either they, they, they some of them go all the way out and they're like completely promiscuous or others go the other way where they're like extra, extra conservative because they're concerned about any type of interaction. And so I just realized that, you know, that's an area that is so detrimental. If you don't have an outlet, if you think you're the only one, there's no one to speak to. And then there's other things that are less traumatic. You know, the self-esteem issues, the body image issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think the boys think that I'm attractive. You know, I can't find good friends. You know, everybody's gossiping. Where do I fit? You know, and then I have my own daughter. Now my daughter's 14 very tall developed those things caused issues early on mm-hmm. uh, my niece is also 14 who lives with us as well so it's almost like having twin 14 year old girls so if you know the word of prayer pray for me we'll be praying there's a lot of my home <laughs> and so i've been able to offer workshops of course my book is a teaching resource and what i've realized about that it's not just a book, the work that I do in being so transparent, Mm -hmm. I am literally able to shift and transform the mindset Mm -hmm. of the teenage girl. Yeah, She's ready and comfortable to be her true self. And that's so important. You can't do what you want to do academically, be the right person in your community, your family, uh, set goals, reach towards your career, any of that, if your mind is not in the right place first. So yeah. that, that's how I get to do what I do. And so it has caused people to open the doors at their church youth group, you know, the school club that's for girls, you know, leadership programs, all of those sorts of things that have just continued to open up. Now I'm even uh, working with adults who are serving teenage girls that are about to age out of foster care. That's a whole other issue. You know, you turn 18 and all of a sudden the security blanket is completely pulled out from under you. Because chronologically, you hit a certain number, but that doesn't mean you're ready to go out and fend for yourself, you know, and there's a variety of things that go on also when you're trying to support a young lady in that situation that you need to understand, you know, you bring her into your home, but she didn't, you didn't raise her. So she might not right away just fall into your mold of what is right, and this is how we do it. And even therapists you know dealing with mm-hmm. her need to understand all these variables and all of this background that comes into play. And I've had four different teenage girls come under my care that you know wasn't a foster parent, but still they were relatives that you know come from a different background, and they all of a sudden they found themselves in our household. And I had to figure out how to support. So just a wealth of things that have all come together. And I'm passionate about it because if we don't develop the teenage girl, you know, you don't just turn 18 or 21 and 25 and know what to do and how to do it just because you hit that age without support along the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. That's, that's so um, encouraging. But enlightening also, when you started talking about all of it, but really what captured me from what you just shared was this idea of, um, I don't have the language that you use, but the mindset, you know, helping these young teen girls with around mindset and around, this is me talking, embracing or accepting the true self, uncovering that, but also like honoring it and, and embracing it. Um, if you don't mind, I'm really curious about that aspect and, and the types of work, and maybe some of the ways that you're able to do that. I know through the book, and, and you've got a lot of programs too. How do you approach this, this mindset piece, and really that embracing uh, uh, of the true self?
1: I'll tell you, the the core message that I have around that, the programming that really supports uh, getting to the right mindset is around an acronym that I created called No Fear. So the conference was based on that for women and teen girls. Then the book follows through with the same messaging. Each chapter is based on one element. And then I've got a presentation. So I call it living the no fear life. Cause you know, normally when young people use it, it's like after that song that was popular back today, and back in the day, I ain't never scared. Well, it's not about being scared. This living the no fear life is different. And it stands for never let anyone tell you what you cannot do. Right. There are adult women who are scarred because of what someone said to them when they were 10 years old. And they took it as a personal truth. The O stands for open your mind to the possibility of your greatness. Charles, I can tell you you're great. I can tell you that 24 hours a day look directly in your eyes until my lips turn blue. But if you don't open your mind to receive it, it, it doesn't matter. The F is for fight for what you want. We live in a society where kids want everything to be like this, like they look at social media and think that such and such became a celebrity overnight, and they don't realize that such and such has been toiling for 10 years. You just didn't know it because they weren't just in the spotlight. You don't know how many times they were rejected. None of that. And they just want to give up. But you have to fight for what you want. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. If it's too easy, it's probably not legal. Or if it's legal, it's not even worth having, right? Right. The is for expose yourself to new things. Hmm. You can't just do, you know, what did Einstein say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Exposure, a lot of young ladies only know what they see in their own home, in their own community. You have to do something different. Don't just hang in the pack and do what your friends are doing. You know, don't not take advantage of an awesome opportunity. Like I had the chance to go to France as a sophomore in high school. What if my friends, I don't want to go there. You know, I don't want to go to Europe. No, you go and do something different. That's how you open your eyes and open your mind. The A is for act on opportunities to launch yourself. So what if when that teacher, Miss Rue, had said, hey, want I heard you a great speaker. Do you want to be the MC?" No, I don't know what to say. What if everyone thinks I sound dumb? What if there's a pimple on my nose that day? If I had not acted on that opportunity, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast right now. The R is for reach forward. That's also the name of my nonprofit. Right. The visual there is we hear a lot of things about pushing forward, running forward, walking forward. But the image that I got in my mind is imagine someone drowning in the water, right? If I'm drowning, and that's a real fear of mine, I can't swim. I took swimming in college. I passed the class, but I don't think I can swim now. If you're drowning in the water, you can't walk forward. You can't run forward. You can't push forward. But if someone tosses you a life preserver, all you have to do is what? Reach Reach forward. Forward. And that makes all the difference in the world. So no matter where you are, you can be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but you can still reach forward. Until you die, there's more you can do. Unless you die or you otherwise become mentally and physically incapacitated, Mm -hmm. there's always more you can do. And I'm not just talking about someone who's at rock bottom, like with addiction. Definitely, you can reach forward from there. But no matter where you are in life, there's more that you have to offer if you're open and you're up for it. So that is that mental transformation, no matter what other work that someone may be doing with teenage girls or teenagers in general, until you get their mindset in the right place, the rest of what you're doing is like throwing spaghetti noodles against the wall and hoping they stick. Some will, some won't, some will stick for about 30 seconds and then slowly peel off the wall. You've got to get their mindset on track before anything else you're doing can take.
0: Absolutely. So I'm just going to say it right here. Uh, You know the name of the book, people. I'm going to drop the links in the show notes, but right now you can click on over. Go get a copy of this book. Uh, I think, let me ask you this, I want to, is it possible to get an autographed copy at this point. I saw that on your website at one point. Is that still yes, possible?
1: It is possible. The okay. difference is just ordering it. There's a link to order it directly from me as opposed to going through Amazon. Yeah. And so if you order directly from me, then of course, it'll be signed. Um, and I, I won't say the name of it here. Cause I'm not sure if you consider that advertising, but there is, you can live, advertise. Okay. There is a live vendor event happening mm-hmm. on February 27th for black history month called the, the I think it's the bold and beautiful, like Black History Expo. So it's just all vendors. But I will say this: my book is not just for Black girls; it's for all girls. I just happen to be a Black person. But I will say that I will be at that live event on February 27th uh, at the I think it's the David Haroz, you know, the Midwest City Community Center. And that's, it's like all day from nine to three. So I will be there selling the books. And I've also added bold, brave, and courageous bracelets. You know, the live strong type? I do. And so uh, silicone bracelets, in case young people are listening and they have no idea who Lance Armstrong is. Uh, (laughs) So I've added that so that, yes, it's the bold and beautiful event. And I've added that so that you can not only read the book, but have something on your body to remind you of that message. So if you stop by my booth there, you will also be able to purchase an autographed copy. I'll sign it for you on the spot in the flesh.
0: Oh my goodness. So don't be surprised if you see me there. Okay. Uh, You know how it is with teenage girls. I don't know where they're going to be. So, (laughs) but, but I will drop that link. If there's a sign up link, I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes as well. So we can send people right to it. Yeah. You're absolutely welcome to promote anything you've got going on.
1: The events on Facebook, so okay. Let me know if you need me to find that a link, or you'll sure. search it and find it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Um, okay. Well, there's so much going on that that you've got in motion already, and this has been culmination, um, as I'm seeing throughout your lifetime. That's led to this moment, and I know you've got some new things in the works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I wanted to take a look through an, another couple of lenses, if you'd like to. Okay. I know. I know that you've got. Um, You've got experience in organizational development, organizational leadership as well. And I was curious about your work with the NBA and the WNBA. Uh, I know that, uh, I know this already, people, that there's been some work with the Thunder in the past. So I was just curious if you wanted to kind of highlight some of that and what work you got to do. And, and, uh, and you know, that you thankfully for our listeners, ended up in Oklahoma City so we could have this
1: conversation. Okay, so my relocation to Oklahoma City back in 2008 is because I had already worked as the community relations manager back home in Seattle for the NBA Seattle Supersonics and the WNBA Seattle Storm. And that's because unlike a lot of the teams, the Sonics and the Storm actually had like a sister brother type relationship where the same organization on both teams that's incredible when you're watching games and you see like the nba care stuff with the Mm -hmm. read to achieve uh fitness programs all of that that is the work that i did for both of those teams back home so when it was announced and figured out that the supersonics had been sold and they were going to you know clay bennett had bought the team they were going to relocate to oklahoma city and become the okc thunder i had the opportunity to relocate and continue with the position. And that's another part of the bold person I am. A lot of folks said, well, why would the folks in Oklahoma want you as a community relations manager instead of a local person? I'm like, because I know the job. The people in Oklahoma don't know the job, I know the job. All I need a G- is a GPS to figure out the community. So I, I took the chance and, and relocated and uh, was the community programs manager and rolled out all of their community programs. In fact, I spent the first three seasons with the Thunder and everything they do in the community, I helped build it from the ground up, except the only program that's been new since I've been away from the organization is like the Devon STEM program. But the Black History Heroes Challenge, Read to Achieve, Thunder Fit, all of those things, the shopping sprees where they work with grandparents, raising grandchildren. I supported the Thunder youth basketball camps all of those things i had uh the pleasure of helping build from the ground up so i am the founding community programs manager for the oklahoma city thunder so that's just awesome 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 and and had a great time doing it
0: well i can tell and it speaks volumes to who you are already Uh, if our listeners can't tell you know we've got somebody that is on fire very passionate i want with everything that you put your mind to and your heart into it's very obvious that you're going to have your definition of success in that area. And and that kind of leads me to um, the the, the word that comes to my mind, the phrase that comes to my mind is trusting your inner voice, Mm -hmm. trusting your inner voice. Um, You can reframe that you can rephrase it. But when did you when were you able to to know that you could do that? And for a lot of us like me, I've struggled with self doubt my entire life, right? Is this really what I want to do? Is this? Is this really what I believe? Is this was that good enough? These kinds of competing thoughts, how in the world have you navigated that in order to step? So I'm, I'm gonna say easily, I know it's not easy, but maybe comfortably or mm-hmm. in an empowered sense into the success that you've had.
1: There have been some really, really challenging, like come to Jesus type moments uh, yeah. throughout my professional life. Um, there are some things that have happened that have been very hurtful you mm. know, in places and spaces but I always trust God in everything I do. And, I, and you know, I know a lot of people feel like that's cliche, but for me, it's a relationship. It's not the physical building that I go to on Sundays. Um, I'm out of town right now, but I tuned in on Facebook Live to get that praise and worship in just before this interview. So I'm, I'm ready to roll. But it's very <laughs> personal relationship mm-hmm. for me. And so every move that I make, it's intentional and I'm very prayerful about it. And I move with a sense of discernment. You know, and, and when I pray, my prayers are clear. I'm like, Lord, don't open a door that you don't really want me to step into, but you opened it because I asked for it. And now I've got to figure out if I'm really supposed to do it. Even in my relationship, you, you've already read from my bio. I've been married for 21 and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I realized that he was the type of person I could marry even before the relationship was deep enough to say, I want to marry this person. It took me a month to pray the prayer because I had to wait until I was mature enough to mean it. But I, even that, I was only 19 when I met him. I said, Lord, if this is not the man that you intend for me to marry, I would rather you sever the relationship now, like just end it now. It doesn't have to be ugly, but let us just realize that we need to then to go down this road and get all emotionally attached only to realize this is not the right person. I don't, I don't want to be confused. Like I want, I want relationship. I want professional development for dummies. Lord open the door if I'm supposed to be in it, shut it if I'm not supposed to. And that's the way I operate so that I can be sure that everything I'm doing, every space I'm occupying in my career, in the community, it is where I'm supposed to be in that moment because there can be things that are good for you to do, but you're not supposed to be doing it at that time. The timing is bad. It's not really a part of your process, but you forced it anyway. So that's where I'm able to listen to my inner voice, staying prayerful, reading the word, um, and, and really being sensitive. I, I kind of have always had that intuition where I just know, am I supposed to say this? Am I supposed to do this? And if I'm not sure, I keep seeking the word in his voice until I'm clear about it.
0: Okay, well, that's a good word. So I'm receiving what you're saying now. And when I play this episode back, which I do, I listen to these episodes again. Uh, I'm going to, to see that as an opportunity to tune in and uh, to listen to a faithful response is what I'm calling that. You know, uh, those that are listening right now, and you're hearing something in, in your own path that you're on, and you're like, maybe I could be more faithful, you may call it something else, um, more trusting. In, in your own spiritual path, or in your own way, your own worldview, here's an opportunity right here to, to take a word from Waiwana, and, uh, as I'm, I'm going to call you a mentor, you know, for me, and I'm, I'm receiving that as an opportunity, I can see the growth that's possible for myself. And hopefully our listeners can too, I imagine they can. Um, and, and it doesn't come without struggle, as you mentioned, right. and we don't have to label those or, you know, but struggles happen, uh, setbacks happen, doubts happen but uh, this faithful type of response and knowing where, where your trust and faith comes from is so central. So thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, so we've got a few more minutes and I want to hit as much as we can, of course. May have to have you back on the show if you're up for it because <laughs> this is awesome. It really is. And so wanna Speaks, right? wanna Speaks, if you'd like to unpack that a little bit and tell me, tell me about that platform and what you've got going in that area of your life.
1: You know, when I started thinking about branding and all of that, I'm like, I am the brand, I am the product, so yeah. wanna speaks. And I'm very careful about what I speak. You know, I've got messaging for women, messaging for entrepreneurs, messaging for teenage girls. And so essentially, at first I started because I needed a business umbrella for the No Fear Ladies Conference, which has happened every year in Oklahoma City for the past seven years. And last year in 2020, because of COVID-19, I had to make another uh, faith decision and do it 100% virtual. Well, while I didn't get the crowd that I would normally get in person, the 200-person crowd, I was able to truly have it be international for the first time. My friends in Gaborone, Botswana, where I had the chance to speak to girls and the business community in 2017, were able to tune in. My friends in Japan, and you're going to see some connections here, Yeah, the, the person tuned in in Japan was my intern when I worked for the Seattle Supersonics and came to visit me while I was doing my work with the Thunder and took me and my husband to Japan to, I spoke to their professional sports teams to teach them how to develop their own community relations programs. Because that's wow. a new, that was a new concept over there. And we had the opportunity to do that in 2012. So, um, it's just and you know, it's so funny, I, I went down this path. And now I completely forgot what the original question was once That's I okay. got any examples. Tell me again, because I was going somewhere and I forgot. Yeah, no, it, it was
0: really an open question. It was uh, unpacking why want to speaks. Okay, yes. And, and you are you yes, are the brand, yes. right.
1: And so that was just an extension of that question. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that my life experiences, both personally and professionally, are something I can share and that can encourage and empower other people, which even leads into my book, the second book that I'm finishing. Yeah, it's called the pain of being destined for more. And believe it or not, I actually started writing it before bold, brave, and courageous. Oh, okay. and I believe it was therapeutic at the time because I was going through a, something that had happened professionally that was very painful. But when I look at it in hindsight, I understand that everything that has happened in my life from my humble birth, that's the first chapter, is about just different things that have happened. The molestation is in there, professional things that have happened, uh, growing up without my father. Not that, oh my gosh, God wanted me to have all these things happen, but because of the work that I am charged and destined to do it was necessary to make me who I am to mm. give me the waiwana speaks because what does waiwana have to speak about if my whole life was on a bed of roses and everything was perfect in fact i don't want you trying to speak into my life if you've never experienced the challenge right. cuz what can you tell me nothing new unless my life is perfect like yours you don't have anything to share that's going to encourage me Mm -hmm. unless you're open and honest about your challenges so this book is now a culmination i knew in the spirit to put it down at the time and begin bold brave and courageous because it was the time and the season for that work and now i'm able to begin wrapping up and finishing the pain of being destined for more and the whole message of that is to whom much is given, you know, we always say to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. But I had the best conversation in my work with the ed tech company, speaking to a school district official recently, and she flipped that saying around and I had to laugh because it's so true. She said, you know what, to whom much is given, much is given. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah. And that is so good. true. There's a lot yeah. on your plate. That's mm-hmm. because you can handle it and somebody needs you to handle it and handle it only the way that you can. So my book is designed to encourage people who felt like they've been dealt all kinds of nasty blows. Like, why is this? It's all for a good reason on the other side. You can stand before people, be empathetic and compassionate and let them know they too can make it and be successful because you too went through a whole round of changes and yet here you are. And so I know that that needs to be released into the world to encourage people um, who are not questioning so they're not questioning their value you know because of things that have happened to them. you're not what has happened to you it's a part of your story but you are not the sum total of what has happened to you that just makes you who you are so that's why one want to speak wow i love it i love it
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to the release of this book, and there's no pressure on this question, but do you have have a potential release date on it, or is it in the works?
1: It's going to have to happen by the end of the year, and the funny thing is I said it was going to happen by the end of last year, and it didn't, but now I'm holding my own feet to the fire by saying that 2021 cannot finish without the book being released. So I will get to work and I write in a very intentional manner. It has to be where I've got the clarity of mind and the space to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not the one that can write on a one hour lunch break, you know, and no, it's gotta be free. Um, The first one was written in about six Saturdays, not in a row because life happened and probably for three months I didn't write, but I did it on Saturdays where I had absolutely nothing else to do, nothing to bother me, nothing to distract my mind. So the process is important because if you write it from a strained, tense place. I believe that comes out when the reader is reading it. But I will say by the end of 2021, it will be done. and released.
0: Okay. I believe it. I fully believe it. And, and you heard it here. For, for those that are listening, you have something to look forward to. You can pick up the book
1: that's already out there. Um, I'm looking for the title,
0: excuse me. Bold, Uh, brave,
1: and courageous. Bold, brave, and courageous. And I will say it's not only, I I angled it at the teenage girl, but honestly, Mm -hmm. there's no age on the message. I've had men read it and they're like- I'll be reading it." Why did you title it that? Because recently uh, someone on the Martin Luther King call, he's like, I am in my sixties and I read it because I bought two copies for my granddaughters and this encouraged me. I feel like you've shortened your audience by aiming it at them when really the message is for everybody. So, you know, men, women, teens, folks who work with teens, it, it really the message is for everybody. But because that's who I specifically, you know, was really focused in on, that's who I aim the message for. So I encourage anyone to pick up a copy. Maybe you just want to do a Kindle copy because you're an adult and don't know if you really care about the paper copy. It's available in both formats on Amazon. I can't sign it if you get the Kindle version, but you know, it's there.
0: Right. Well, again, those links are going to be in the show notes. You can look it up now on Google. I bet you can find it. but uh, I'll have those in in the episode notes as well on all popular uh, podcast player apps. So uh, that will be going out. And uh, I wanted to ask you also, um, this is, I guess the question is around passion in sort of our maybe our closing minutes here how I connect the word uh, pain, the pain of being destined for more. I'm not trying to interpret what that title means uh, for the book or for yourself. But when I think about my own life story and and reading that title, I think about the the separation that I had from what I would call my true self, my inability to live the kind of life that I really was not able to live due to addiction, due to alcoholism. And regardless, if we call it addiction, alcoholism, sin, separation, disconnection, um, whatever that is in people's lives that causes them to be disconnected and disingenuous, inauthentic, uh, not in alignment with their authentic self, what role does passion and pain play in in being a catalyst for folks to find that authentic voice and their true self?
1: Unfortunately, pain can play a huge negative role. Yes. Uh, be- people, it's like their vision, all they can see is the pain. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even present pain, like I addressed before. There are people who are wounded right now, and they are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old because of something that someone spoke into their life or said about them when they were 10 years old. And they, t- it, like, they literally ate it for dinner and embodied it and decided that's who they are. So I'm not worthy to be a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or a mentor or a speaker or an author because somebody told me when I was 10 years old that I was not worthy. You know, I was dumb, ugly, stupid, too fat, too skinny, whatever that is, not good enough. Nobody likes you. The pain can absolutely block people from living out their passion because they also might be too emotionally wounded to get past that. They're just waddling in the pain and so you you've got to use it like use the pain as fuel instead and keep going get healed so you can keep going counseling prayer therapy uh whatever you do meditate it's all you know you've got to do something because somebody needs what you're supposed to be doing and i always think about it this way too and this is how what's propelled me to my success When you don't do what you're supposed to be doing, it's not just hampering your own personal success that might also have financial prosperity, whatever, your own happiness. Think about all the other people who are not getting the fulfillment, the healing, the inspiration the that they're supposed to get because you're not in place. Every moment, if Christina Rue never became a teacher, would Waiwana Speaks exist? If Christina Rue never became a teacher, Waiwana wouldn't have gone to France as a sophomore and fuel that passion for travel. So that's I want I want all you listening sit with that. Every second, minute, hour, day, month, year that you spend allowing your pain to stop you from fulfilling your passion, there could be hundreds and thousands of other people across the entire world that are also not walking in their passion because you're not in yours to lead them to theirs. Just think about that.
0: Please do. I'm not going to add anything else to that other than to say that's truth in my own lived experience. You know, some people just see me today. Waiwana, and they think, Oh, this is how I see you. you've got it all together. No, I've got violence and psychiatric wards and jail and addiction and all kinds of problems in my past. But just like you're saying, that's a good word. Your pain is more valuable. There's more to it than, than the defeatism, than the victimization that it can create in your life. And so I just want to honor that. And, and uh, I resonate with what you're sharing now. In, in our closing second here, uh, how can folks get in touch with you? I know I've got some links, but how do you prefer that, that folks get in touch with you and where can they find
1: you online? The easiest way to connect with me and kind of see the body of resources that are available, whywana.com, my name is unique enough why not make it a domain? So I did Waiwana.com. I believe the Linktree link will also be in my show notes, which will will. lead you there. Mm -hmm. I'm also on Facebook, regular name, nothing to hide there, Waiwana Montgomery. I'm also on Instagram at YWANA. So you can find me all over social media. And I just want to encourage you to really connect. That workshop that I spoke of, there's even a way for you to basically access a workshop kit, so to speak. Even if you can't work directly with me, you can purchase the books and access the implementation guide and my pre-recorded video vignette so that your young people still get to hear from me, even if you're not doing it directly live or what have you. So there's no reason not to get that mindset transformation that you need in the young ladies you're working with. And uh, I do, I'm do. i ready to speak in person, virtually. I put my mask on and go. So I'm excited. Thank you for this platform and this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Why, well, Montgomery, thank you for being my guest on the
1: show. You're welcome. Have a good day. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys.
0: You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.
1: It sound right, boys.